Hello, and welcome to today's episode on the Fulfillment Project podcast. You have me, your host, Sarah, and my co-pilot, co-host, Greer. Welcome, darling. Welcome, everyone. Yes, yes. We have a juicy topic today, one that I know has been on my mind in different situations many times, and a situation that's coming up with Greer recently with being on the podcast, and we were having a conversation before we hit record as we were coming up with podcast topic ideas. And our topic today is... Well, first, let me say that I didn't want this to be a topic idea. I was thinking about anything else. Let's talk about anything else but this. And I just wanted to ask Sarah, like not recording, what her experience with perfectionism was like. Um, Because since the release of our last podcast, I have been coming face to face with my inner critic and it has not been easy. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Yeah. She, uh, she asked me, she goes, so do you listen to your podcast before they come out? And I had said, yeah, I usually listen to them the day they come out. So I get to hear it from that perspective with all the music and the intros and outros on it and the full experience. And then you were like, I got 20 minutes into it and my mind was going crazy. It was so uncomfortable. And it wasn't just the, oh, is that really what I sound like? Is that my voice? I'm fairly used to that, actually. Um, It was, did I really say that? Oh, I could have said that so much better. Oh, my goodness. This could have been, I didn't like what I said. I didn't like the, the word I chose. Like it could have been so much better and it wasn't. And so it needs to not exist because a better version exists, you know, in my head. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, you know, how did you get over that? Right. Because I'm the type of person who sits behind a screen and I write things and I have the ability to go over it as many times as I want to get it just so and get it obviously no such thing as perfection. And I think cognitively, I know that, but inside, I don't feel like that's the case. I get it as close to that as possible. And sometimes it never sees the light of day because I'm like, it's good, but it's not quite there yet. But like, I can't do that in real time. I can't have a conversation with someone and edit myself. Otherwise, I'm I'm just not going to speak. Yeah. Or I'm going to have this really, really pregnant pause as I'm looking for the exact right word that captures the exact sentiment that I'm trying to get across. And it's going to be very boring for someone to listen to. Yeah. So my question to, to you, Sarah, was how do you get over that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We need to stop talking right now. We're going to hit record because this is a beautiful conversation. And I think there's so many listeners here, whether you're a business owner and there is a pause to show up on social media because you didn't write the perfect post or you don't like the way that you speak on camera and you're overcritical or you do 500 takes of something or taking a photo. There's all these situations that we can be in where we feel like it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. It's just not there enough. And it stops you and it holds you back. And it's one of those things that we think that if we just keep refining something or one day we'll just be okay with something and then 
that perfectionism or that need for it to be just so will go away. Um, but this is something that we can actually work through. And I want to dive in on this podcast. So yeah, here we go. Here we go. You are listening to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. My name is Sarah Funnel, your host, fellow sister seeker, and author of Follow the Joy, the book on aligned manifestation. This show is your spot for spiritual and personal development. It's your soft landing into a place for you to embody your truth and reclaim your sovereign power. I've been a coach for more than a decade, helping thousands of people transform their lives. And I'll be sharing the most effective and profound tools to help you step into the most abundant, joyful, and fulfilled version of yourself. I'm so glad we found each other here today. My promise to you is that this show will support you to live from a fully embodied and aligned space so that you can reach your goals, share your gifts with the world, and step into a life that is truly your own. Take my hand, dear sister, and let's jump in. Okay, so perfectionism, perfectionism. Um, I want to ask you something, Greer. Do you feel that this has been a trait that has been ongoing since you were younger? Oh, yeah. This this perfectionism has ingrained deep within my system. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I know from a, a psychology perspective, perfectionism is usually rooted in self-worth. And our self-worth can be uh, placed on, you know, what we do, how we show up in the world, what we present. And so I've always seen perfectionism as if I don't feel like it's good enough, then I feel like it's a direct, direct, direct reflection on who I am. And one of the things that I've seen lessen my perfectionism, because I definitely have had very, very, very strong holds on perfectionism, and I've seen it slip away over the years as I've worked on my self-growth and really kind of had that conscious awareness of it, but learning full acceptance of myself from the past in this present moment and who I am becoming. Now that's easy for me to say. It's it's definitely that process of undoing so much uh, criticism that we have in our mind about ourselves and truly seeing ourselves for who we are, all of the messy pieces and all of those um, flaws. Cause really perfectionism is thinking we need to show up flawless. Don't we have to show up flawless? Don't Sorry. we? <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> is that what we have to do? <laughs> yeah. It's um I'll 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 take you back a bit. So I uh as if you read my book, you'll know like I was bullied and I was always kind of called the pretty girl. And so I held myself to like that pretty girl standard. And like, I I wouldn't leave the house unless I had like makeup on and felt like I was like, you know, done up all the time. I remember I wouldn't, unless I had like my eyebrows drawn in, I didn't want like anybody to see me. Like there was such an exterior presentation that I had to have of myself all the time. And That was even heightened even more actually when I got into the fitness industry. But what's interesting is fitness taught me to be so much more flexible with my perfectionism and my need to feel flawless because it gave me this, we were talking about this before we hit record, it gave me kind of this guideline to I can do all this stuff with my body right now and prep myself as much as possible, but there are still so many other levels to be at and so many other people that we can see at different ranks and that there's, 
so many different levels of growth to ourself. But if I don't show up right now in this moment with my current capabilities and strengths and resources that I have right now, then I'm never going to be able to get to like that next level or that next level or that next level. And so fitness kind of taught me this, like, just jump in and do it and just do the best that you can in this moment in time and learn from that and build from that. And that's where I felt a lot of my perfectionism start to break down right away because it showed me a growth path and it showed me that we can grow the more that we work on something, the more that maybe we hire a coach or, you know, we get more resources or we study more things or we just work on our craft, whatever it is that we feel perfectionism around. Um, But I just, I found like I was just such a perfectionist and I didn't want anybody to see like the crack of like, I'm not perfect and I do have flaws and oh my God, what does that mean about me? It means like, I, I totally relate to that. Whenever I, whenever that happens, I'm like, oh my goodness, they're going to know that I'm a fraud. I'm a fraudulent perfectionist, (laughs) right? Because I'm, because I'm not perfect, but at least in my life experience, I did the opposite to you instead of dismantling that perfectionism. I just doubled down on it. Mm. And it's really only been this past little while where I've had to be in situations where I was forced to let go of it. I mean, you and I, when we were writing the book, we had a very tight deadline and things didn't go how we thought they were going to go. And, you know, but at the end of the day, that book needed to get published. It needed to get launched. And I remember when you and I were going over like the final proof, I'm like trying not to panic because of what I'm, what I'm seeing. And I, we eventually worked our way around to this point where, you know, the book is perfect because it's the best book we could have produced at the time and with the time they, with the time and the resources we were given Mm -hmm. and full disclosure, I really didn't believe that on the inside. And I kind of had to get over that. Um, and then with the release of the podcast, uh, last week, because the one before that, it was really just me, you know, interviewing you and asking you some questions. But then after there was, you know, the podcast after there was this back and forth Mm and I'm listening to it and I'm analyzing what I'm saying and I'm just the inner critic, the editor in me is coming out full force. And again, I'm finding myself in a situation where I have to let go and it's uncomfortable because it's so unfamiliar to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned the book because I, and like full disclosure here, there is there is a word that is misspelt in the book um, that my dad found. And I remember I was sitting at home with them and he was like, oh, I don't think this is spelled this way. And like at first I got like defensive. And then when he showed me, I was like, no, it was like this slow motion of like it's printed. It's like it's solidified. Like I can't even go back and like change it because it's like through all this like chain of like hands, right? For it to be out there. Yeah. And I remember I messaged you right away and I'm like, oh, my find goodness. the mistake. I don't even know what that text was. I'm like, find the mistake. <laughs> yeah. It was like the worst word search I've ever done. 
And it, I mean, it didn't take that long because of where the word was situated on the page, but the anxiety I felt. And then afterwards I'm like, this is fine. Starts twitching. Um, So it's moments like these. And I bring this up because that was a very like perfect example of me of like, I just need to like bless and release, like bless and release. There's nothing I can do about this. Like we went through that book. I don't know how many times we read that, went through with a fine tooth comb late nights, reading it multiple times in one day. Like we did the best we could with the time frame that we had. And, you know, when that situation happened, it that stayed with me for a little while. And actually it even came up just the other day. And it was another like bless and release moment of it doesn't have a direct reflection on who I am as a person. It doesn't have a direct reflection on my intellect whatsoever. If anybody even notices it, they're just going to like forget about it tomorrow. It's not the end of the world. And it was, it was a really conscious moment for me to like see my reaction, even like feel that visceral response in my body going to like, I don't even want to promote the book anymore. Like no one can have a copy of this moving forward to witnessing that dialogue happening and giving myself a different narrative in that process. Along with, and Greer, we've had many conversations about this, like picking up New York Times bestselling authors and books and seeing the minor mistakes in them. I I love that you bring that up because one of my favorite things is when I find a mistake in a book, which you wouldn't think would be your favorite thing. And yet it is because it just shows, Hey, yeah. New York times bestsellers make mistakes. Penguin publishing random house, they make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it almost is, is it's great because I think it's like a permission slip. Hey, you also get to make mistakes too. Um, And I think I just want to highlight something that you said there is that your mistakes are not a direct reflection on you and your worth. And if you, anyone out there who is a perfectionist, that might sound like complete hogwash, um, but it's true. Yes. Yes. And I mean, using this example still, it was me proofreading it. It was you editing, proofreading it. And then we had a final um, editor proofreader at the end. And so three people, like these things, they just happen. And they happen to people with much more, you know, prestige and entitlement than myself and, and, and yourself as well. And I think it's these moments where we just need to give ourselves some grace, like give ourselves some grace. I know when I like always felt like I had to be done up. And I go through many waves of feeling like I need to be perfect or something. How exhausting it actually is. It's so exhausting. Like I remember when I actually got to the point and it wasn't even recently until a couple of years ago where like I could show up on social media with no makeup on. And I was like, oh my God, like I have so much more energy in my days. Like I just, I don't have to like take 20, take 20 takes before I feel like I want to put a story out that's gone in 24 hours anyway. Then I don't have to spend the 20 minutes putting my makeup on. You just show up as you are. And for me, that feels very liberating to just show up as I am. I mean, this podcast came out in, I think it was June of 2018. 
That's not like five years ago. If I went back and listened to like episode one, I probably wouldn't be able to get through it if I was looking at it from like a perfectionism perspective. And so there is always this like sliding scale of growth always going in the other direction. And I even said to you before we hit record with this podcast, yes, I listen to the podcast. I listen to it from like a really constructive criticism side of me now. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you said um a lot here, or you used that word too many times. Like I, I, I see those things and yeah, they might irk me, but I just use it as, Hey, you know what? Like the podcast isn't stopping. It's continuing going. So let's use this kind of like in a, in a sports analogy, like game, um, game review footage, game review film, whatever that's called in, in the sports film or in the sports industry. But like, how do I use this to my ability so that I can show up feeling a little bit more better about myself. Because if we aren't even analyzing ourselves whatsoever, then we don't even have like awareness on how we're acting or how we're speaking or how we're showing up. And so that awareness on yourself, I think is so valuable if we're looking at it from the right perspective. Yeah. As long as you're not coming at it with, uh, with damnation Mm -hmm. or any imperfections you might see. And instead taking those typically minor imperfections as just areas of, Hey, we can improve here. And I think this podcast is probably a beautiful example of, Hey, come watch this work in progress as we get better at it. Yes. Yes. Everything is always in progress. Everything is always in motion and nothing static. And so like that one episode last week is not the only episode. It's not the only thing that people are basing their opinions of you on. And I think that's the one thing that holds us back of like, what are people going to think? Oh, there's nothing scarier than other people's opinions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So as someone in real time, um, going through the release of perfectionism, have you been doing any self-talk to help you or how are you releasing that from you? Is there anything specific? It's quite similar to the conversations that we're having that I will just reframe all of the the feelings that I have and remind myself of like the logical things that I know that no one is perfect, that we are going to make mistakes and that mistakes are not direct reflections on you being inadequate in any type of way. Mm -hmm. And in fact, when you do notice a mistake, Hey, can I do something about it next time? Instead of what I want to do, which is just scrap the whole thing, run away and hide. So it's really just reframing, sort of coaching myself through this and understanding like, yes, this feels uncomfortable and unfamiliar because you've never done it before. Yeah. And that gives, it allows me to give myself grace, which I think is something that I have woefully neglected doing for a very long time. Yeah. The other thing too, I find that helps is I, I think a lot of people have heard the, you know, you are your own worst critic um, statement there, which I believe is very true. And looking at it from that perspective of, Sometimes people might not even notice what you see as a flaw or something that's quote unquote, not perfect. We are so much in our own world, so hyper-focused on ourselves, thinking that everybody else is hyper-focused on us. And in most cases, that's just not the reality. 
Like everybody has something going on, especially with podcasts. Sometimes people are doing a, a bunch of different things, half listening, half not, and not focusing on every single word that you're saying. When I used to do social media coaching, you know, talking about per- perfectionism or fear of showing up to people who were struggling with that, I would always say, you know, social media really like your following only sees like 10% of what you put out, if that, and they're following thousands of other people and they do not remember what you posted yesterday or said the week before. So I feel like in the world that we live in now with people exposed to so many other people and so much other stuff and so much stuff in our own heads of things that we're working through, really, it's like people might notice something if they do, but then it's gone. They're gone and their thought or their uh, their focus is somewhere else. So it's having that perspective of like, we are not the center of everybody else's universe. Like we are the center of our own universe. And so just to give ourselves some like grace of like, hey, you know what? Most people probably didn't even see that, hear that, notice that. And if they did, they're not going to remember it next week. Yeah. That that's that definitely helps me quiet my own mind because I remember um just earlier this week we were doing sort of a live conversation for the sisterhood. And you and I are kind of going back and forth on this subject. And I am so in my head about every little thing that I'm saying that I am, you know, not paying attention to what you're saying. I'm forgetting what it is I'm supposed to be saying. And it's actually getting in the way of me showing up and bringing any sort of value to anyone I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. And just as you said, most people aren't, aren't going to look for the really small, insignificant things that you see because as you said, they're, they're not judging me how I am judging me. Like the scale is just completely different. And most of the time it's thrown out. I think we give everyone else all the compassion in the world and we save none of it for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you have a, you have a zit on your face and you're like, Oh my God, it's what everybody's looking at. It's like only what people are looking at. And I talked about this at my last simply aligned event. Cause I actually, woke I, know, up, I yeah. woke up that morning, the morning of my event, the morning of my book launch. And I had a zit on my nose and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like the world started to like come cave down. On the, I'm like, can I call everybody? Can I cancel this? Can we do that another time? <laughs> Like and those was, split moments of like the show cannot go on, right? But like these are the moments to practice that compassion of yourself and just realize like I'm not as important as I might think that I am for one thing. The other thing is I'm on stage. People are like five, 10 feet away from me. No one's going to see this. And if they do, it is not a direct reflection of who I am, my beauty, my intelligence, like nothing. And so if someone's struggling with perfectionism here, it's not that and maybe this is a case for some people, I haven't seen for myself that that inner critic is completely gone because that inner critic does serve its purpose. It does have value to us, but we just learn to recognize what we should listen to and what we shouldn't. It's really detaching yourself from the thoughts. Like you are not your thoughts. And so many of us get wrapped up in it and think that that's all that we are. And that's all that we should listen to and that we should emotionally and behaviorally respond to them. And we don't have to, but just taking that time out of like, er, 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 let's recheck ourselves here and get those thoughts spinning in a direction that serve us. And just 
to be the person on the other side of Sarah's story there. I remember this. We're at the end of the day, like the event has happened. It's amazing. And you tell me that you have like a zit on your face and I am looking right at you as you're telling me this and I cannot see it. I I couldn't. I'm like, your face is like a foot away, like two feet away from me. What do you mean you have a zit on your face? I've been looking at you the whole day. Um. Yeah. So yes, I would agree. <laughs> so these these perspective these perspective shifts, and this is part of becoming more consciously aware, just recognizing what your thought process is. And you know, I even talk about this in the book. Like the when you can start to challenge your thought process is that first moment where you start to spin the energy into a different direction. Because thoughts are energy. Everything is just energy. And if we get on a thought train of like, oh my God, this is bad. And what are people going to think? And, um, you know, I'm not worthy and I'm not enough. And like all that stuff, we're spinning in a direction that makes us feel a certain way, which can paralyze us, stop us from doing something, want to retreat. Whereas if we can be like paused, like time out, let's neutralize all of this. What does this really mean? This doesn't mean anything. What are some positive thoughts for me to start spinning that into a different direction? People don't notice as much as I think that they notice. People aren't paying attention to me as much as I think that they're paying attention to me. This is not the last time I'm going to do this, say this, act this way, whatever the thing is. And we can get our energy spinning into a way that's positive, that actually empowers us to want to move forward as opposed to stopping us. Because I think perfectionism stops us more so than more than anything else. Absolutely. It's for me been probably one of my biggest hindrances in life is just, if I can't be perfect, then I'm not going to show up and I can't be perfect. So I'm definitely not showing up. Yeah. The thing with perfectionism too, like it's like kind of the saying, like beauty is in the eye of the beholder, like perfectionism on whose terms we all have that different standard of what perfection means or what flawless means or what's good or what's bad or what's great, what's excellence. And so a lot of the times, you know, I, I see you in the writing aspect to be so critical. I'm like, girl, like three versions ago, it was fucking incredible. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was absolutely not. Yeah. But I think, I mean, one of the things that I, I know I said to you is that I basically gave my inner critic a job. Mm. and it's been a, an incredible outlet, but I, it doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. Like I still, I carry it with me wherever I go. And so I, if, you know, I'm just in this process of, okay, how do I, yes, bring it out when I need it and then put it aside when it doesn't serve me and yes. finding that that balance yes yeah um a great reflection or exercise for our viewers here you know i started this conversation talking about perfectionism is really tied to our worth and what we feel our value is and looking back on your childhood and having a look at where you were praised um how you were shown love was it for doing something was it for achieving something maybe that was in sports maybe that was in school where we feel like we got recognition or what the standards were for us as children really set the tone for where we feel our worth should be 
placed. An example for myself, oh, you're the pretty girl, you're the pretty girl. I had this identity, I'm the pretty girl. Oh my God, I need to hold up that identity as like this pretty girl with like makeup done all the time, hair always dyed, like nails always done, like all of it. And then when you start to break that down to recognize like, no, like my friendship with people has worth over my looks. Like my presence with people has has its worth. You know, just me being me without anything on the exterior has its worth. And sometimes that takes the work of like saying it, journaling about it, like speaking about it. And the more that you embody that and say it and speak it over and over again, you can release those tendencies. You can recognize them, but then just choose not to feed into them. Another thing, um, an exercise that people can do from like an NLP mindset perspective with inner critic is, and this is a great exercise. If anybody listening here has something specific in their mind that keeps looping, like a phrase, like, um, I don't know, Greer, give me an example. Oh, you, you spelled something wrong in your book that makes you, I don't know. Yeah. What does that actually say about you? Yeah. Yeah. But even if you say like, um, let's say the voice in my head back then was, oh my God, there's a mistake in your book. What are people going to think? No one else should buy this book. Like if you kind of come up with like a line of like what that narrative is. And then if you change the tonality of the voice in your head, like maybe you put an accent on that voice in your head, or you put the voice of like Kermit the Frog or a cartoon that you listen to, or like Homer Simpson or something like that. You change the tonality of the critical voice and it does something to your mind where, where it kind of stops your mind right in its tracks. And it doesn't recognize that voice because you're so accustomed to what that voice is. And it actually messes up the way that the neurons are firing within your brain and you actually don't see it as criticism anymore. So if you catch yourself in a loop or catch yourself stopping from doing something because there's that critical voice going, recognize what it's saying and then re-say it to yourself, but in a different voice with a different tonality and see how that feels within you because it will shift the emotional response you're getting from that. And then it will shift your behaviors moving forward. Yeah, little tip and trick for everyone there. Yeah, thank you for everyone for coming to my therapy session with Sarah. <laughs> and uh, you're healed. <laughs> thank you. I feel amazing. Oh, this was a great talk. I think this is really valuable for anyone out there, especially. I mean, we live in a world of social media with like highlight reels and Photoshop and editing galore that can happen from like how we present things online, which is where most of us spend our time, which is online, that we have this standard for ourselves that like we have to be perfect or we have to be at the the, the same stage as like other people who are watching who's been doing it for 10 years. And that's just not the reality. You know, acceptance of like where you are and where your stage is at in this growth path and like where the, the levels that you have to go to allow you to just be. And I had that mentality with the book as well, with it being my first book and knowing I was self-publishing and just, I was like, this is not going to be my last book. So if I don't get this one done and out and not be so perfect about it, I'm never going to do another one and another one and another one. And that's kind of just been my mentality with so many things of like, this will not be the last time I do it. And hey, if it's not quote unquote perfect in my mind, it's okay. I get another chance. I get another chance. Yeah. Anything you want to wrap up the conversation here with? that I'm glad you pushed me to have this conversation. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I hope I hope that someone out there listening who maybe is a perfectionist can 
you know, find this, finds this conversation helpful and maybe a little healing too. Yes. And I think what you are doing right now and and speaking about this and coming on the podcast, you are giving other women permission to be in the messy middle of doing something different, of growing past these limitations that we put on ourselves. You know, it was few weeks ago and you were like, I feel like I want to speak up. I don't want a voice. And you were like, I've recognized that I've just like hidden the shadows and I'm a great editor, but that allows me just to be behind the scenes. And you had said something to me. You said, I'm starting to notice resentment of my work being out there, but it's not attached to me. And I think that's such a beautiful place to be at where you're like, no, like my voice matters and my voice needs to be out there. And not knowing what those next steps were going to be and probably knowing that it was going to feel awkward, like you're doing it, like you're doing it. And so I I condone you for being here and for going through this process and just chatting here with the other women who listen to this because you are giving other women permission to step up and own their voice too and own what they want to do and be okay with the messy middle and talk about the messy middle and let it not be perfect because nothing is perfect. And that messy action will get you so much more further than perfectionism. Yeah. And I think it's been such a year of, of growth for me. And I can, as I said, there's, there's that cognitive dissonance where like, I know everything you're saying to be true at a cognitive level. And yet I feel so much different and having the opportunity to sit in the discomfort and what is unfamiliar, but bridge that gap and get my emotions in line with what I know to be true. And I can see it happening. It is not easy. And most of the time I want to go back to the familiar, you know, hiding in the shadows, you know, behind, behind my desk. Um, but I am braving the wilderness. Wonderful. Um, in the sisterhood, we I talk about you know what it takes to escape the comfort zone, and I look at it, it's a few different rings on top of each other, and in that middle ring, it's the comfort zone. It's where things are familiar. We feel good. We're not activated emotionally in a way that feels uncomfortable, and it's like life is status quo. It's good, but so many of us start to feel. Um, mundane um, day after day. There's like yearning for something more when we're in this comfort zone. The next ring outside of that comfort zone is the fear zone. Because as soon as you step out from doing something that you're not familiar with, you're activated. And that's just such a, like a natural response. It's, 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 it's a survival tactic for our um, physiology and psychology. But on the other side of the fear zone is what's called the learning zone. And if we can learn to, okay, I'm in my fear zone, I'm doing something different, this this is yicky, but if we know that on the other side of the fear zone is the learning zone, then we can look for, okay, how do I learn how to do this? How do I try something different? How do I just keep doing it to teach and to learn how for this to feel familiar in my body? And then on the other side of that um, learning zone is our growth zone. And so we truly never get to growth until we step out into our fear zone, we find some tools to help us learn, and then we actually see the growth within ourselves doing something and and being that different version of ourselves. So you're there, girl. You are there. And the lesson is embrace the fear. Embrace the fear. Embrace the fear. Do it scared. 
Yeah. And this is why, you know, in the sisterhood every Thursday, we do like a somatic um, body centered therapy, a lot of nervous system regulation, because every time we step out to do something different, that fear that that's an activated nervous system. It we did a whole deep dive in the sisterhood this week on anxiety and on fear. And so when we can learn to regulate our nervous system while feeling that fear, whether that's through breath work or a bunch of other exercises that uh, we do inside the sisterhood, you actually teach your body to be okay in fear. You teach your body to be okay in the unknown. You actually teach your body to be safe doing something that doesn't feel familiar. And I found like, especially breath work helps me through, oh my God, breath work last year when I was like switching my brand and my messaging. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Is it working? Are people going to listen? <laughs> it like, if I didn't have those tools, it probably would have taken me way longer to think to want to write a book or to host a retreat or to host a Simply Aligned event. But just recognizing, like, I know when I'm in that fear zone now, I'm like, okay, like, I just, I need to learn. I just need to learn how to move through this fear zone and regulate my body and create familiarity in something that is unknown. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Wonderful. Thank you for joining me, Greer. I'm enjoying these conversations on here. I hope our ladies are enjoying them as well. Yes. Let us know in the comments. Yes. If you want to support the Fulfillment Project podcast, reviews are always so, so beneficial. We love them. Um, If you are on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you just scroll down this episode, you'll be able to see, you can rate it with a star and give a little review, Um, share it on your Instagram, put in your stories, tag myself, I will tag Greer. And we get this word out to more people because podcasts don't grow unless our listeners share that content. And so if you want to support us, we would forever be grateful for that review or that shout out. All right. Thank you, Greer. Thank you for those listening. We will see you on the next episode.